What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Kyle. Non-alcoholic beerman, how are you doing today? Matt, I am fantastic, and it looks like you are slowly getting settled into your new office in oh. the Collin Baptist Association. This is true, but no, I'm not settled <laughs> at all. I was able to find my degrees, which happened to be behind me, but not on the wall because there's no good spot for my OCD to have them. So they're just sitting <laughs> on my desk. It's also the the benefits of having a college degree uh, that's a different shape and size than my doctorate. And so it kind of bugs me. It's also a different color. Like everything about it just irks me to no end. I'm also missing four volumes of the Metropolitan Tabernacle uh, set set that I have. Like they're here. So I'm not missing in that sense, but I don't know where they are. So I'm staring at a set that is almost complete with like four openings. And <laughs> so, so, so your OCD is not having a good time is what you're saying right now. It's not, it's not. And so I've got the, the old school pastor like study and office. So oh, here nice. where I'm recording right now has a couch, which we will call visitation. Uh, so I can be on visitation at times when I need to take a nap and a little meeting desk and sign up kind of decorative bookshelves. And then there's an inner sanctum that's pastor study, I guess, that has not enough bookshelves, but nonetheless, that's where all the books are. So right now, it doesn't bother me as much because I can't see it. Uh, But I had the girls up here yesterday. We're recording this on Tuesday. And I had them up here. And basically, their job was to open box and put the books on the shelf. Like, I don't care what order, nothing. Just get them on the shelves. And we still have about, I think, 30... 30 or so boxes to go. And I am out of bookshelves and then some. Like I've I've gone to the point now where they're double stacked, they're stacked on top. And uh, <laughs> so yeah, every square inch of the bookshelf has books on top and down below. And now know. now now how many books do you have? I mean, I have I have a lot, as you can see. I mean, I've got I've got several bookcases, but but you have like exponentially more than I do. Over I 4K. Over 4,000. Um, I don't know wow. exactly. Uh, I had done that library thing or whatever it's called at one yeah. point and had cataloged it, and I stopped at 4,200. <laughs> and, uh, wow. and I still had a few bookshelves to go. So I don't know. We're we're nearing 5K, but, you know, that was – I was told by our president at the time at Southwestern Seminary uh, that in order for me to graduate, I had to have five thousand books and i did not get that quite but it was it was close it was close so now, I, I was now, able to pull off now, now now here's my question for you did so i had to pare down some because i had a home office and a church office 
And when we moved here, I no longer had a church office. So I just had the, the, the house office. So I had to pare down some. Did, did you do any paring down whatsoever before you left Mayhill? No. No. Okay. No. All right. And, uh, but speaking of the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, fall preview day is the perfect time to explore everything a college has to offer. So Texas Baptist College is excited to welcome new students to campus for the fall preview day on October 22nd. Students will have a chance to check out the campus, meet their professors, and talk to fellow students about their TBC experience. Visit texasbaptist.com forward slash preview to learn more and register for fall preview day at Texas Baptist College. And uh, so I may even sneak over for that. I don't have yeah. any reason to go to the Texas Baptist College other than maybe to preview uh, Cadence. She, she's kind of planning on going there. And uh, so that might be a good time. You're close enough. You could come just to see your best friend. Um, you wouldn't come to a ball game with me, but <laughs> I could not get away to go to a ball game. By the way, I just want to note I am wearing my Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary t-shirt this morning. I just, I just want that noted. There, uh, our listeners can't see it, but for you, Matt, I, I want to do like that. It's a size too small. <laughs> it is not. It's, it's just because my, my arms are ripped and swole and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Clint Presley. All right, Kyle Behrman, what are we talking about today? If I remember correctly, we're talking about reaching and retaining young families. We don't just want to reach them, but we also want to kind of keep them around. And so you wrote an article about this, about how you can steal the sheep from all of the other churches <laughs> in the area so you can get all of the young people into your church. Uh, not exactly. Uh, not, not quite. Talk to us about three tips for reaching and retaining young families. Yeah. So one of the most frequent questions we get um, with, with from the replant team. Why did um, you hire Calvary? Calvary? <laughs> so, so second. So then the second okay, most second, often, okay. second most frequent question that, that, that I've come across at least is something along the lines of how do we reach young families? How do we retain young families when we don't really have any young families, right? And so um, every, every pastor I know, especially in, in the work of replanting that I've encountered, has a desire to reach families. They, they want to have, um, they want to have kids running around the church. They want to have activities for families. And, and every pastor I've talked with has this desire to, to reach young families. And, and, and there's a good reason for that, right? We want to, we want to pass the faith along to the next generation. And that requires uh, youth and, and children. But oftentimes in a replant or, or a church revitalization, there aren't a lot of families um, to begin with, if, if there are any at all. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, in, in response to that question that I've, I've received several times, I wrote this article and, and starting off, I just shared my story. Um, the, the first church I served, I was 29 um, and I, I shared Michelle is, is five days older than I am. And right. so sometimes, uh, especially if our, I mean, if our kids were in the nursery, there were times I was the youngest person in the room as the pastor. And uh, we, we, we had kind of a, I guess, marginal success there reaching young families. And, and we, we had a lot that would show up on Wednesday nights to, for Awanas and, and youth, but, but actually retaining the, for Awanas? 
uh, a one a one a it's, no okay sorry sorry it's been they, a while because so, they so. will they will one star us back <laughs> one. all right excuse me my my apologies my so so for a one we had a lot of kids but we weren't able to reach necessarily the families and so then when uh, when i moved to alamogordo that was a different spot because it was an air force community and so there were young families moving to town all the time and for the first couple of years we had a really hard time. We would have people visit. Um, and I think I've shared this before. It, it was really rare that we didn't have a, a first-time visitor, uh, certainly pre-COVID. I mean, people were moving to town all the time and scoping out new churches. And so we had we had new people walking in our doors, and including young families. Uh, but for the first couple of years, we had a hard time retaining them because we didn't really have many other young families. And, and I remember sitting down with one couple um, who, who flat out told me, and I was kind of shocked, but I appreciated the honesty as well. They said, look, um, they said, we're not here for long. Uh, we're only here for a few months. He was a pilot uh, trainee. And they said, we, uh, we, we see what you're trying to do. We like you. We like the church. And we, we believe God has things in store. But we just want to go to a church where we can serve, where we can attend, where we can plug our kids into Sunday school and in kids' activities. And um that's it. We, we don't have the time and energy to, to, to surf, to plug gave you the old, it's not you. Yeah, literally. It's not you. It's, it's, it's us. This, this is what we're needing. And, uh, you know, and I had that conversation a few times in, in several different forms, never as quite as blunt as that, wherever they just came out and said, look, we're just looking for a place where we can, where we can sit and, and attend. Um, but, but we would hear, you know, we, we, we're looking for a church that has an active kids ministry. We're looking for a church that has an active youth ministry. And, and I would always argue, well, th there's, there's a way that we can build that. <laughs> and it requires uh, some, some families. And so through that, um, I, I learned, I learned some lessons and yeah, that's what, what this article came out of these, these three lessons learned. And so they, they, they're not groundbreaking, right? I mean, I don't think anybody's going to hear these and go, Wow, I've never considered that. They they, they are, are alliterated. alliterated. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and the first right. one's obvious, and uh, that is to pray. Yeah. Uh, and uh, while while it is obvious, uh, as you said, we don't want to underestimate the power of prayer. And uh, so you talk about being new to the community that you simply started praying that God was going to send you a young family, and then another one, and then another one, and over. The course of about three years, we slowly grew in young families. And so that first step uh, really needs to be your first step for all things. And that is to, to pray and pray some more. And then you said to prepare. If we were going to retain young families, you needed to be, well, prepared for them. You know, you had to have Sunday school, you know, room set up. You had to have the kids program at least prepared for and people on point to be able to do the various things. It's kind of like the same thing with Baptism Sunday that we talked about on the potluck this week, that if you want to have some baptisms, you got to prepare for them. And uh, so, you know, maybe take out all of the decorations from your baptistry and clean it up and fill it with water. Uh, so the same thing too, your, your lesson too was to prepare for them. And so you talked about Sunday school classes and nursery workers and so forth, and uh, that you had to be prepared for it. And then finally, third, and I'll let you talk about this one, pursue. When you had that young yeah. visit, you had to chase them down and be like, please come back. Please meet you. Yeah. Please meet you so bad. Please come. 
So, so I, I, I hesitate to say that I begged, but, but it got close. Oh, you did. Um, and, you and, and, and by the fact, I had a, had a um, conversation with a pastor about this just last week, and, and he'd read the article, and, and he said, I'm really curious about, like, how does that meeting go, right, with, with a husband, with a dad, or if you're doing coffee with a couple, um, how, how does that go? And, and I said, I mean, it's not necessarily begging, but it's pretty close, and it's simply explaining to them, look, I, I know um, that when you came in the door on Sunday morning, that there were not many young families, um, you know, and, and sometimes we could use the excuse, oh, you know, our folks were out of town or, you know, our folks were, you know, though that we, we have some, they were just all busy with other things. Um, sometimes that that's true. Most of the time, I'm afraid that's just kind of a screen that we use that, oh yeah, you know, mo- most of our folks were out of town. And, um, but I, I would just lay out, the, the reality of, of where the church was. And, and in the case of Alan McGord, I would lay out the history to, to help them gain some context for why they walked into a church in a sanctuary that seats 600 people with, you know, 65, 70 people in attendance. I, I would, I would lay that out and, so that they had kind of some understanding of that. And then I would lay out the vision of where we wanted to go. You know, listen, we want to be a church that reaches uh, Alan McGordo. And Alamogordo is a place that has a lot of young families. In order to do that, um, we're going to need we're going to need young families. In order to build a a strong nursery, a strong uh, children's ministry, we need babies. We need children. And over over the course of probably start starting in about year one and a half or so for the next couple of years. Um, we saw several families who stuck, who, who caught that vision and said, yes, I want to be a part of this church that has this vision to reach Alamogordo, that has a, has a vision to proclaim God's word faithfully. And, and, and we kept some, we, we, we had some that would still walk through the doors and say, um, you know, this is just not the church for us. And, 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 and that's okay. I mean, I think you've got to understand not everybody that comes through your door is going to stick, but there will be some who catch the vision. And so you don't just write them off. Oh, well, they, you know, they're, they're not going to come back. No, sit down, schedule a time to, to visit with them and, and go from there. Yeah. And, and let me circle back real quick to, to the first part of that pray. Um, when I first got to Alamogordo, the, the church had a desire to reach young families and specifically the air force, but we, I, I couldn't get on base. I didn't have base access. And so there wasn't really a way to get out there and start building relationships. And so that, that prayer part was really essential. Just started praying, Lord, send us a couple, S- send us one couple. And shortly after we got there, he did. And from there, it, it grew slowly. It wasn't an overnight explosion by any means, but, but it grew slowly. So yeah, pray, prepare, pursue, not, not complicated, um, but important steps. Indeed. And uh, so we do want to encourage you not to be discouraged if you're not seeing those young families visit or even return, uh, but you can begin to maybe see that by praying, preparing, and pursuing uh, those that the Lord sends your way. And uh, so if we can encourage you in any shape, form, or fashion, please send us a note online. We're both on Twitter. Uh, Kyle is at Kyle Beerman. And if you don't know how to spell it, it's not like it sounds. And uh, at I'm at M Hensley, H-E-N-S-L-E-E. And we'd love to connect with you there. Our DMs are open and we can pray with you, talk to you and, and help you. And, uh, and so Kyle, send us out or give us a final word. 
Yeah. So I have two things quickly to talk about. So first of all, um, <laughs> church replanters, uh, the, the, the replant team is doing a 40 days of prayer for um, church revitalization in North America. And that began this past Wednesday on September 15th. For the next 40 days, there will be videos posted to our Facebook page every, uh, every single day. And so you can check that out at the Church Replanters Facebook page. Both myself and Matt are uh, taking part in that. We'll have videos on there. <laughs> and then secondly, um, October 8th and 9th, we have uh, a conference coming up at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City called Am I a Replanter? Uh, and this is kind of a, a, an overview introduction to replanting. And so uh, if you are in the Kansas City area and anywhere close and you are interested in learning more about what replanting looks like, uh, come join us in uh, Kansas City. The cost is $15. That includes all the meals for during the conference as well. Uh, Am I a Replanter? October 8th and 9th in Kansas City. Because Matt, everything's up to date in Kansas City. They've gone about as far as they can go. Do, oh, do, you, do you get that? The, the airport? Uh, no, Oklahoma. Oh, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the musical Oklahoma. <laughs> no. Never, never heard right. of it. No <laughs> Why would I watch a musical titled Oklahoma? It's, it's fantastic. It's a classic, man. Oklahoma, classic. though. Yeah, but you know I mean, what? oh, Texas what a beautiful morning! The Gulf of Mexico. Uh, <laughs> Do you? No. no, I don't know uh, if we can say it on the podcast. No, probably not. <laughs> Most likely not. So, yeah, there you go. All right, hey, thank you for joining us today. If we can serve you in any way, please, as Matt said, don't don't forget to, don't fail to reach out to us. And until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. It's the last time I let you have the final word. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?